Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In our fourth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. This is episode 243, Thoughts on Battlestar Galactica. Now, we will talk about uh, the older original show, and then we'll talk about the, the newer show as well. Sort of like both of those things in this episode. It really have relevancy because I don't like to talk about remakes much unless it really adds something to the canon, so to speak. And in this case, it really did, so I'm happy to do so. But let's start out with the actual original uh, narration and, and theme for Battlestar Galactica. It, it's important to, to start off the show with this. who believe that life here began out there far across the universe with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians or the Toltecs or the Mayans some believe that there may yet be brothers of man who even now fight to survive somewhere beyond the heavens. All right, I like that narration, and it's for Patrick uh, Mackney. Uh, if you all remember him, um, he is... A British actor, um, uh, very famous for The Avengers. I uh, love that show from the from the late 60s. And he also did a very important show uh, in, in um, England called The Prisoner. A real show about about um, authority uh, from the state uh, abusing their individual rights, what a, what a society can do and would try to make other folks to force you into certain things. It was very... Very communistic how they did that and how the individual was trying to preserve their freedom and liberty in, in a, in a society that was increasingly becoming a, um, a prison in itself and making you therefore a prisoner. Sort of like, you know, somebody from North Korea or old style Soviet Russia, that sort of thing. So it was a really incredible show. Uh, Patrick Mimi not only did the narration for that, and I like his voice on it because it really has a, an ominous tone, but if you watch the classic show, you also hear that he is also the, the voice of the Imperious Leader. And then he also did a two-episode part where he did Count Ibley, where they talked about him being some sort of a, a dark devil type of figure. Now, the funny thing about Battlestar Galactica is it came out on television soon after Star Wars. But even though it came out soon after Star Wars, it's fair and accurate to say that Star Wars sort of allowed the inspiration for a number of different sci-fi things to happen in the movies and in, and in uh, television. But it doesn't mean that it really derived anything from it. In fact, um, 
George Lucas, to his discredit, tried to sue Battlestar Galactica to try to keep it from becoming big movies and, and, and even, the, uh, even in the show, believing that if Star Wars was ever going to go to television, this whole thing would mess it up for him. And he failed, they lost, and they couldn't do anything about it. Mainly because there isn't anything at all that is related to Star Wars from Battlestar Galactica. In fact, it's actually fair to say that a great deal of Star Wars is borrowed from all kinds of literature. I mean, basically, the, the Star Wars is kind of like a, a western in the, you know, in in the heavens, and and it has a lot more to do with, uh, you know, the old style westerns, which many of them borrowed off from the Seven Samurai, the Japanese films. So, um, and of course, some of the philosophy is from Joseph Campbell. You know, that you can go to evil, you can go to good, this and that. That's directly from from Joseph Campbell. Um, you know the the child being a, a savior of the universe, I mean, you, you could probably say that comes from the Bible. I'm not trying to be blasphemous here. I'm just saying a, 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 in a metaphoric way. Um, so there's a lot more borrowed from Star Wars than, than, than Battlestar Galactic could ever have been accused of. And I always found that to be strange and ironic. Now, another ironic thing, I mentioned this in another show, but we could talk more about it on this show, is even though... They constantly try to bring about the force and the philosophy behind the force and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's weak. It's vague. It's not much of any kind of, quote, religion. They never really delved into it that much. You know, in fact, if, if anything, in, in my opinion, a, a, a decent religion should be something that anybody would want to join and can become a part of. But if you think about it, for those in the Jedi or even those in the uh, in the Sith, uh, it's not something you can join really because you really have to have the Force in you. And who does the Force go into? I don't know. Whoever, random. It's very random. Not everybody can have the Force. So um, in many ways, it, it, it's you know like a, it's just like a club. You know, the only certain people can join. Very elitist in, in many ways, which I always find extremely funny. Besides, of course, being incredibly ironic is, is the fact that, you know, here's something that's supposed to be about universal freedom and independence and blah, blah, blah. In the end, the very people who are, who are supposedly protecting this republic and this freedom and everything are, are, are a cloistered group who are not allowed to have relationships, who have these powers by, by random chance, you know, and, and could at any time they want to go become a dark person and do bad things with it. So not a whole lot of guarantees, uh, certainly not a whole lot of uh, assurances, and to me, not a whole lot of security in the end. So to me, a lot of the, I guess you could say, um, what was behind the scenes, what was holding up the whole set, so to speak, was, you know, to me, very thin. And, and I, I never really thought that it made Star Wars to be a strong story. I enjoyed the movies, I had fun with them. But that's like the first three movies. The rest of them, the other six, you just stretching out the story and you know to make money. And most of them were boring. So and more science fiction effects than it is any kind of interesting story. Good writing, well, that's that's another story. And, and you don't really have a lot of good writing in Star Wars, unfortunately. Probably Empire Strikes Back might be the closest one to halfway good writing. All right, so back to Battlestar Galactica. What is this about? Well, in a nutshell, it appears from the narration that um, 
we might have had um, people from the outer space that came see our our, our 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 planet. So therefore, when you notice that the um, they're calling themselves colonies and and, and they're calling the, the ships vipers, uh, the the colonial ones, and you know they they're wearing like pharaoh like headdresses and everything, and they're going to planets that have pyramids and stuff, and it's you can see there's a whole lot of relations to them. Looks like all of the planets in their particular uh, galaxy are all named after our astrological signs. And uh, apparently there's different, you know, tribes of people from each one of these signs that, that are assigned to each one of these planets. And we learned when they, when they did a, a Caprica show, it didn't last very long, it was a few years back, um, to remind us uh, the early story about, well, pretty much the Cylons came about because we were trying to create some robots and artificial intelligence and they wind up uh, becoming, you know, too smart and too dangerous and then trying to take over and then wiping, you know, trying to wipe all humanity out. That's pretty much what happened on the, on the, on the first, the first set of these, of these shows. Um, they're trying to uh, stop these things. They're now, now leaving a, you know, a long, a long fleet of all kinds of different ships, moving ships, galaxy class ships, uh, pleasure ships, you know, and of course, you know, some battleships, they only have one of them from what we learned, because most of the other ones were destroyed when the Cylons attacked. And, and the Cylons are themselves not the most efficient type of robots for supposedly something that's so um, evil and so um, intelligent. I mean, you need three of them just to fly one ship. So, not exactly, uh, you know, the, the classiest ones there. Um, every time we blow one of the ships up, that's three of them gone. But, of course, they can manufacture them quicker than, you know, we can get our people. So, that's their, of course, advantage. Um, Battlestar Galactia, unlike Star Wars and other shows, has a much more stronger religious uh, subtext to it. Um, Commander Adama, who's uh, played by Lon Green, the Canadian Jewish actor, great job by the way, really, really encompasses who that character was, the uh, the authority, not only uh, on on the military side of things, him being a, a, a pretty much an admiral, but also um, just on the the philosophical and religious side, because apparently he's some sort of a you know priest in the religion as well. Um, really brings home the fact that you know they believe. In many different gods, and they believe that the various rituals that they have have an effect on their lives and have meaning and, and value, and that the uh, the creatures they're fighting are, are, are pretty much uh, non-believers and atheistic. Which, when we talk about on the new version of Star Wars, excuse me, of Battlestar Galactica, that that's radically different. But in the first set. It, the, the robots don't really believe in God at all. It, that's not something they think about. Um, it's, it was alluded that, you know, the imperialist leader and, and, and maybe some of its ideas are coming from more of a devil figure in, in galaxy trying to destroy humanity. Because humanity still represents some kind of good, you know, in the galaxy. Um, they don't go, really, uh, go too much farther than that into it, but, the religion is a lot more pronounced. It, it has much more ritualistics to it. It, it, it has, I feel it has a lot more believability. And of course, uh, you know, if you want to join, you can join. If you don't, you don't. You don't, you don't have to be a, a part of it if you don't want to. Which, you know, it sounds like Star Wars, which is, like I said, very, very random and I find in many ways, uh, quite disappointing and elitist.
you'll you'll have some really interesting um, backdrop on on Battlestar Galactica in the sense that you know you have um, people who worked on Star Wars and other other science projects really involved in it. Di Dexter, John Dykstra, he did the special effects and and and, and won a uh, an award for them. Uh, tremendous. Uh, I think John Williams did the score, a really, really wonderful classic, uh, you know, opera type of score for it. Made it really a, a classy show in that regard, not some some goofy tune or something. You know, remember when Star Trek Enterprise did that? They did that dumb song. You know, and uh, the guy had a great voice, but the song was dumb. You know, it's just stick to stick to some kind of a classic, uh, you know, musical, non-lyrical thing, please. And of course, the, the narration really helps frame the show, I thought, kind of, kind of gives you an idea of what you're dealing with. I also liked the fact on many of the episodes, uh, for, for television for Battlestar Galactica, they were smart enough to start off the action right away. They didn't do things really slow. You'll have a lot of the shows that start with the Therian space getting shattered by the Cylons, or they're over there blasting somebody, blowing up something, or doing something. You know, because forever they're in motion in terms of trying to get away from these things. They don't know what outpost they keep coming on. You know, where they're going to be able to get their, their more food supplies. How are they going to figure out where they get fuel at? Can they steal it from the robots? You know, etc., etc. You got a lot to deal with when you're dealing with, with thousands of people that are left. Uh, literally, after tens of millions that used to be alive, now you only have a couple thousand. So it's an enormous responsibility. Uh, Glenn Lawson helped produce the show, and ironically, he did a number of interesting shows. None of them sci-fi like Battlestar Galactica, but there were really a lot of great shows he did. One of the shows he did was called, uh, it was a World War II show about the real-life Marine pilot, guy that was always getting drunk and beating up people and getting in trouble all the time. So the Marines put him out to shoot down Japanese because on, on remote islands because they're like, let's, let's get this nutball out there and kill people, at least for America. Because otherwise it's going to kill us. Uh, it was called Blah Blah Black Sheep. And it was an incredible show. And if you ever watch that show on reruns. You're going to see something extremely unusual. You're going to see almost the entire crew of Battlestar Galactica. They're on that show. <laughs> almost everybody. So it's it's amazing how uh, Glenn. He used, used, into, used a lot of these different actors. You'll, you'll also find out that. Uh, Larry Minetti, that was on Battlestar Galactica, was also on Blah Blah Black Sheep, and he wanted to become Rick on, on a Magnum P.I. and did a long series with that. So that guy was on all kinds of different shows. Uh, Dirk Benedict, who, who played Starbuck, you know, the, uh, the, the suave, uh, lover guy with the cigar who was gambling and, you know, acting, acting nutty. Um, he wanted to become an, uh, the character Face Man and in the show, um, uh, The A-Team did a great job on that. Uh, Richard Hatch, which played Apollo, the son of, uh, uh Commander, or, or in this case, Admiral Adama. He did a, a, a fabulous job on that and, Later on, um, he, he wanted to be on the new show as well, and we'll talk about that because it's a real real character change for him. But w what a fabulous job he did. They had a lot of solid actors on the show, which really, really helped sell it, I think. I really wish it lasted more than a than a season. They tried uh, like a, a Battlestar 80 or something like that, you know, where they, they finally found Earth and everything, and, you know, some other characters were doing it other than, you know, Richard Hatch and Dirk Benedict. It, it was it was horrendous. That one should have ended, and it did. You know, it was just... They finally get Earth, and now you're going to disappoint me with this crappy writing and crappy acting and just silliness. But... Battlestar Galactica really goes down as a, as a legendary show because 
it, it really it really rounded up some some excellent talent. You know, it's super unique in, in terms of a, a science fiction story. There really isn't any story out there where um, tribes of humans, you know, uh, started on Earth and then they went up to going up to other stars and other planets and, and doing things. If anything, Stargate kind of borrowed from Battlestar Galactica because remember, Stargate's about. Well, those things were built by aliens who built Stargates, uh, and that's how they were able to connect to different planets and travel. So that probably borrowed something from, from Battlestar Galactica. So I always thought the Battlestar Galactica did a good job on being interesting and, and original, which, like I said, Star Wars didn't really. Now, there was a story on the Internet. I don't know how true it is that you know, one of the people that helped create the show had, had a, a strong Mormon background, which is, you know, a religious sect of Christianity. And uh, possibly that's the reason why it definitely had more of a spiritual aspect to it than, than most science fiction do. Which I think is great. And nothing wrong with that at all. I've always said that there ought to be more of a spiritual element in science fiction because in so many ways it's dealing with the human condition and you'd think it would have improved if we went out to the stars, okay? And um, it's dealing with, in many ways, you know, um, the, the life uh, and, and death of, of humanity, possibly, especially when you're going out there and you're so far away from your home planet, that it should have some kind of philosophical or, you know, religious background to it. I, I, always, I always thought that, I'm not saying every, you know, science fiction show, but a lot of them should. And when I see it absent, I always thought it's kind of silly because then it just becomes a geek fest of technological nonsense. And then, where the hell are the ethics on that? How do you, how do you control the, the the making of things that could be dangerous to humanity? And, and how do you make things that could be dangerous to to each other? And and what do you do about you know biological life? And how do you protect and respect that? And you know all those things. You need to have. You know, a foundation of ethics on on anything, and you find a lot of the shows they don't really have that, and and, and it, I think it really hurts the shows in the end because in the end, you know, it's like Buck Rogers in the twenty first century. I, I like the show, I enjoyed it, but in the end, that's really all it is: is a bunch of girls with tight outfits on. God bless, you know, and you know, Buck Rogers is going around shooting everybody with his laser beam because he's a totally cool guy, you know. But uh, you know. They don't give enough explanation of how the hell the planet nuked itself to death and, and what were the, the new foundations on, on building another, another world, another civilization. Because this guy is fighting more villains and enemies than, than, than we had on Earth. So what the hell happened there? So th again, they never really explained that. That had some special effects in that show, but that's really more about just girls in tight outfits and, you know, a couple bleeping robots and, you know, some, some scenery. To make it look like it's a you know an exotic sci-fi locale. That'd be about it. I don't think I had much of a budget for anything else. <laughs> but I, I'd like to see more of that, and and uh, hopefully we'll, we will see more of that as more shows and, and things are all created in in the sci-fi vein. Now, I'm one of those people that don't always like to see remakes happening because a lot of times they don't add value to it. You know, it, it's like music. I, I don't really want to hear a remake of something unless you're going to come at it in such a different way. And it doesn't happen very often. I can tell you one of the more recent examples is Lenny Kravitz's American Woman. I like the original song, okay? A lot. And I'm not going to tell you that the Lenny Kravitz version is better than the original. But I really, really like it. 
in many ways, it's a good complement to it. It has such verve and such style and such heart to it. And, and the guy is, I don't know, just, Lenny Kravitz is cool. I mean, if there's anybody that needs to be called cool in this day and age, that would be that guy. That's a great, great remake. You don't see a lot of that stuff on shows and, and even in music. You just don't really get a lot. A lot of times they just, they kind of ruin it. So, when they first talked about having a remake for Battlestar Galactic, I'm like, oh my God, please help me. No, I'm serious. Because, you know, I've watched some remakes of other shows. The remake of Magnum P.I., I mean, it's fun, it's passable, but I, I like the original one. I don't really think it needed to be created. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong, it's not. But it's not great either. And it really doesn't, it doesn't really create anything original, in my opinion, at all. Battlestar Galactic, the remake, it definitely, it definitely brought the story more to our uh, day and age. And, and some of the changes they did happen, they really wasn't that bad at all. It, it worked out. Making Starbuck a girl who gambles, who does smoke a cigar, and who, you know, sleeps with everybody. Oh well. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, in the day of equality, that's fine. Okay? She's kind of cute, too. They didn't make her over over like a model, so fine with me. Jersey girl as well, so I could definitely swing with that. God bless you. She did a great job, okay? Uh, the, the, the guy is Apollo. I don't know. It looks a little bit too much like a guy model. I mean, really. But he did a good job. He was a solid actor, so I'll give him credit that way. I mean, James almost. I mean, come on now. What a, what a fabulous pick on that. He didn't have what Adama had in terms of the religious significance because he was straight military guy, a lifer, you know? So he didn't have that. But there is a serious religious subtext. In fact, not even the subtext, but the new Battlestar Galactic religion is extremely overt, and we'll talk about that. But Adama, uh, the one they created, was great. He was very protective of his people. You know, was an excellent, uh, excellent commander. You know, uh, he was definitely a guy that um, had some regrets. His wife was dead, you know, as well, just like the other show. So, you know, he had to live with a lot. And, and I think he also was dealing with depression and certainly wasn't a guy that had any problem with, with having a drink. You know, it, it made him a little bit different than the other Adama, but still. Kind of old, kind of grisly, but definitely uh, on, on point on what he had to do with his job on the show. Now... Where it becomes religion, this Battlestar took it a lot more further and a lot more serious. Because, <laughs> ironically, they made the Cylons not only more sophisticated looking robots, who are much more dangerous by the way, but also they were able to create Cylons that mimic humans, that look just like humans. So that they were able to slip into the population and cause some damage. Which made the show very, very alluring, very scary, and also very sensational. Um, but those Cylon creatures believed in God. Not just believed in God, they believed in only one God. Where the humans, well, they were polytheistic, meaning that they believed in more than one God. And the Cylons were very serious about what they believed in. They honestly thought that, you know, they uh, they had special favor, and that um, you know destroying humanity made sense because humanity was 
was imperfect and evil and this and that, which of course is always an unusual thing to say. They're evil when you're trying to wipe them out with nuclear weapons. You know, Holocaust, but they're evil. They're evil and imperfect, but then you're making biological robots that look just like them. So you can see the flaws in their stupidity and logic. Uh, just as dumb as humans. If anything, you know, if you want to take the philosophy of the imperfect and, and stupid creatures should be eliminated, in truth then, they probably all should have been eliminated. Humans and Cylons. You know, if you wanted to take that any further. And to, to its logical end, anyway. But they did that on the show and made it a lot more interesting. I really liked it a lot uh, on how they did that. I, I liked how they made the... Um, the Cylons are really an interesting and important uh, people. And later on, when some of the people, because sometimes the Cylons that were biological didn't even know that they were Cylons. They really were so convinced they were humans. When they found out, they were actually pissed off. They wanted to stay human. They didn't like the idea at all. They wanted to keep fighting against the Cylons, and they were Cylons. So it's, it's amazing how they, they, they did that on that show. That show also went to places because it had four seasons that the other show could not. And it brought a lot of modern elements to it. Some of the more interesting modern elements is what do you do when you have to fight a long protracted battle and now you have to engage in guerrilla warfare using rebel type tactics. Same tactics we would have used in the Revolutionary War in America. Same tactics that were used in the Philippines and, and they're used in various Latin American uh, rebellions. You know, uh, they were used, of course, in Afghanistan against the, the Soviet occupation. In many ways, they're being used right now in Ukraine against the, the, the Russians, who apparently haven't found the decade yet that they, they know how to be straight and normal. they got to always try to take over and kill somebody. we got to have a show about that one day, because it's definitely a, more than the unusual historic. Something's wrong over there. How do you prosecute that? And what does that do to the people in terms of the choices they're making? So this show went into places that no show has really gone before. Uh, how you recruit people to become suicide bombers so that you can kill Cylons. What and how you can use torture. Having humanity mainly on trial and 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 the Cylons are trying to use some of their arguments uh, against us in trial. Talking about the prosecution of guerrilla war, of war itself, some of our tactics, some of the ways we're running the government. Can the government, meaning the the, the president who took over the, the the entire political party, can she be aligned with the military, and therefore does that mess with democracy and freedom? Should they not be separate entities? All of these are things that the, the show really talked about. Things you don't really see on regular shows at all. And if you do, it's on a more straight political type show. You know, I was going to get the point across. But also, Galactica, the, the remake, did a really willful job of, of bringing out some of these points. Some devastating stuff in it as well, really. Uh, they, they did something different with Richard Hatches. They brought him back and they wanted to bring him back as a criminal. Who was also like a, a rebel rousing kind of individual who went into court to be able to show that, you know, humanity had some of its own flaws as well as humanity being responsible for creating the Cylons, being responsible for mistreating the Cylons, according to some of his arguments, and in many ways almost causing the robots to rebel in their own right. And mentioning that 
we didn't have too much of a great human human right rights to ourselves. So they did an incredible job of exploring all those things. Um, I remember the interview with the actor Richard Hatch when he said he didn't really believe that the the, the character that he played was was a villain, but I, I always felt that you become a villain in my definition, okay, when your motives are not really just and when your motives have more than one agenda. When your motives can often be uh, punitive and mean-spirited, you, you, you're a villain then. I, I don't care if you haven't blown up a bank or you haven't killed a, a, a bus full of children, that doesn't mean you're still not a villain. So I don't really understand his interpretation. I know how sometimes they try to show the human side of, of, of people who do bad things. And that's fine. And sometimes some of their acts themselves have some gray area to them where it's not a pure evil act or it's not purely bad. And, you know, there's some mitigation there in terms of if you wanted to sentence somebody on a justice uh, system basis, fine. Got all that. That's all real life, too. And I, I got all that. I don't have problem with that. But if you examine that character on that show, you know, he, he committed violence. He tried to overthrow the, 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 the presidency. He, he, he did prison riots. Uh, a lot of the times he was operating purely from revenge or from, from this unchecked anger. So you can't call some guy like that just a political rebel rouser, just a rebel, or, you know, just a, just a, a political figure that, you know, was simply in, in you know, against the, the prevailing establishment. He was just anti-establishment. No, there's more to that. It's all about character as well, okay? You don't torture people. You don't blow people up. You don't kill people. You don't stay angry every, every damn minute of the day and then call yourself some kind of noble warrior because you're not. And you can't really be. So, yeah, to me, he was a villain. Not on the same scale as the Cylons. You know, not on the same scale as, you know, some mass murderer or something, but... Yeah, I, I definitely think he was a villain. Tremendous job, of course. Uh, you would only expect anything less from Richard Hatch. He was a great actor, and he did a, another fine job on that. That show again was a show that had a lot of uh, a lot of great acting, and I was really happy to see that they didn't just put a bunch of you know weenie heads in there that you know just quoted a bunch of stuff, and you know they they did a really great job on that, and I, and I liked that because you know without without really good acting when you have a show like that you know you're not not only you're not going to get renewed but then you wind up disappointing you know lots of people there that what happens is you um i think in many ways it, it kind of weakens the genre you know of science fiction itself because you know if you think about it how, how, how are you going to have really great actors and acting, you know, in these uh, law and order procedural shows and some of these cop shows, FBI and all this other stuff. But then when it comes to sci-fi, you know, it's all tongue-in-cheek and goofiness. So I am so glad that they, they really, everybody on that show, even on the more, more minor actors, did a fabulous job. Yeah, Dean Stockwell is one of the big uh, leaders of the Cylon uh, Council, doing a, doing an excellent job. You know, Grace Park, a really lovely uh, Korean-American actress. I think she also did some work on uh, 
Lost and also on Hawaii Five-0. But she's always great in whatever she does. Super excellent job on on that. Really great to, uh, to be also a military person on that. The show did a really good job of talking about depression and, and you know PS, uh, PTSD, which is real important when you're dealing with a, a military environment. That they talked about it and took it serious. And even have robots having that same issue. So that that's that's enormous how they really was able to, you know, evolve with with that. So I really liked that a lot. I mean, just everybody on the show was just really really fantastic. So I was so happy with that they had done that with with Battlestar. I hear again now that they're thinking to make another remake of Battlestar Galactica, and again coming across in another type of twist. I don't know. What kind of twist they're going to come up with? I, I really don't. I haven't. I read a few things, but I didn't see anything that was really alluring to it. And, and, that, and that's probably okay, mainly because, you know, um, how you're going to really, um, you know, try to get the show out there if you know you're releasing out too many details. So it's going to definitely be interesting how they how they're going to redo it. I'm hoping, of course, that they stick to the same philosophy that the other remake of the Battlestar Galactica did was trying to find some new things to explore and talk about in both the battle between the robots and humans, the humans themselves. Hopefully they'll, they'll be able to intertwine some interesting philosophy. You know, obviously there's new things to talk about more now than ever before. You know, we have, uh, we have wars where, um, you know, drones and robotics are being used more and more than ever before and, and, and causing real casualties and, and real turns in, in, in the battlefield that were only alluded to in science fiction shows are now real. So it might be interesting to see a, a, a Battlestar Galactica that maybe has some battles on actual planets where we get to see some real warfare of that nature as well. It's not just spaceships shooting laser beams all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. They landed on planets. They did a few things here and there. But uh, on the first show of Battlestar Galactic, it was more about sabotage missions or getting crash-landed on some stupid planet and trying to get the hell off. It wasn't an actual protracted battle where you have to do all these interesting things. So maybe they'll be willing to explore something like that. If they're trying to take some of the new things that we've been experiencing. I mean, Ukraine, uh, Russian war right now is a perfect example of nearly just about every technological advance being thrown out there at once to see how it's going to work and how, you know, everybody's studying this and, and, and I guess to omen themselves for the future, what can be done and what can't be done. So uh, hopefully the show will talk about some of that because that definitely needs to be talked about as well. Now, I say this a lot, and I'll say this again. You're not going to get a lot of art from Hollywood. And the reason why is because Hollywood panders to politics. Hollywood panders to every damn body because it wants to try to be everybody's best friend. Well, when you're pandering to everybody and trying to be everybody's friend, you, you can't be art. And you can't be an artist. Because being an art and being an artist means that you have to make choices. And you got to stand by them and follow them through. It's right. It's a gamble. Sometimes you're going to make bad choices. The damn thing isn't going to work out. Hollywood doesn't want to hear that. And the reason I don't want to hear that is because, you know, the average movie right now, you know, $50 million. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know that, but even in the year 2022, $50 million is a lot of money. So that's the reason why they, they're looking for the common denominator and they weaken all of this and they're trying to do this and that and, 
you know, transsexual this and gay that and, you know, this and that, whatever. Let's throw everything in there because we've got to make a buck somehow. I don't say those things shouldn't be in the movies because they should. That's life and it should reflect life. But do it intelligently because until you don't, well, guess what? You, 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 you're only pandering to people, but you really belittle those things. That's what you do. You belittle the things that people have to, to champion, whether it's race or sex or, or gender or all of these important things. You belittle them when you just throw them in there for the hell of it, just for the flavor of the month of the week. And that's what Hollywood does. But that Hollywood doesn't always get it wrong because, you know, Battlestar Galactic is a perfect example of something directly coming from Hollywood and it's really a good piece of art. It really is. Original story, excellent casting. The writing is good. I mean, everything about it is, is excellent. The, the, even the special effects. They didn't chintz on it. At the time when it came out, it was one of the most expensive shows, you know, ever produced. I mean, it, it really was fabulous what they did. It, 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 they did a, a really great job. You know, in many ways, in, in, in some cases, it'll look better than Star Wars. So, I mean, I, I just loved it just for that reason alone. I remember when it came on television the first time, I could not, like, take my eyes off of it. It was like, oh, this is this is fabulous. And I was rooting for it to, to go longer, but it didn't. And that sometimes that happens with these type of shows. They don't, they don't go as long. But we're still talking about 30-something years later because they have made an impact. You know, and not only the sci-fi genre, but possibly even in the culture in the world. They really did make a, a serious impact on making sure that we're still talking about humanity when we're doing science fiction. And sometimes I think that gets lost. I always felt in many ways humanity was really focused in, in Battlestar Galactica, and it, to me I always got lost in Star Wars because, you know, in the end it was about little Ewoks running around and, you know, bunch of weird dragons and uh, strange aliens playing musical instruments and spaceships and, you know, laser beams and, you know, uh, humans would seem like, I don't know, down at the bottom somewhere. And 20 other thousand things are on the top. So, let our new science fiction that's continuing to come out try to be a little bit more human focused. Try to have some of that, you know, battle with humanity and, and about humanity and what really can we do to improve ourselves as people when we go out to the stars? All right, folks, until next time, God bless. That's Strength to be Human. Thoughts about Battlestar Galactica, episode 243. This is your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, and good night. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.